the future. There are no people. There are no people in the future. No people at all. There are no people in the future. Where did all my people go? There are no people in the future. Let me try my people call. Hey, everybody, everybody, everybody. Welcome, welcome. Yes, it's a little dark this morning. There we go. Got my light on now. Slowly making my way back into uh, the world of the Friday Politics Roundup. Yes, indeed. Welcome, everybody. Uh, Good morning. Good morning. It is Friday, December 8th, 2023. Welcome to Raging Chickens Friday Politics Roundup. Yes, this is Kevin Mahoney, editor and founder of Raging Chicken. Each week we break down the good, the bad, and the ugly in state and national politics. You can help support this show by becoming a patron for as little as five bucks a month. Head on over to patreon.com slash rcpress for all the details. And you can help out the show right now by heading over to our YouTube channel if you're not there already. Smash that subscribe button, like the stream for this show, and hit that notification bell so you know every time that we go live. And if you're one of our awesome podcast listeners, <clears throat> excuse me, make sure to leave us a five-star review on whatever platform you listen on. And let other folks know why you like the show. Leave a little comment over there. Yeah, little things like this help other people find the show. On today's podcast... Oh, God, a little loud there. Looks like <clears throat> got to bring that level down a little bit here. There we go. <clears throat> On today's show, well, I'll just give you a kind of a, a return to broadcast kind of day. Uh, talk a little about some stuff that's in the news. Um, talk a little bit about, I don't know, how are you feeling after these uh, elections? I know it's been a while. It's been a while. I'll let you know some programs we got coming up. Um, <clears throat> check in with you. What's going on in your neck of the woods? How are you feeling about stuff? Ready for the holidays? We shall see. Look for more PA Progressive Talk. Tune in to the Rick Smith Show's live stream at 9 p.m. Eastern on his YouTube channel, Twitter, Facebook. Subscribe to his podcast where you get your podcast. Go to the ricksmithshow.com for the latest across all his platforms. And check out the Sisters of the Night Caucus podcast. The amazing PA women stirring the political cauldron behind that podcast. Rock the house. And they know where the bodies are buried. Make sure to follow them on Twitter at, at the Night Caucus. That's at the Night Caucus on Twitter or X. <clears throat> and subscribe to their podcast on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcast. Got to get that Anchor out of my little show notes there because Anchor no longer really exists. It has now just been subsumed by Spotify. <clears throat> and if you haven't heard... The Signal is a new podcast from the Bucks County Beacon. The Signal is hosted by the Beacon's editor-in-chief, Cyril Michaleko, and is produced by yours truly. Twice a month, The Signal will shine a light on the right-wing extremist current streaming through Bucks County and beyond. Cyril invites guests who can provide insight, analysis, and organizing solutions so that we can steer the community toward calmer, saner, progressive roots. Check out at the buckscountybeacon.podbean.com or wherever you get your podcast. And also check out The Civic Circle. Yes, The Civic Circle is a podcast also from the Bucks County Beacon that tackles politics and policy from a Gen Z lens. Sarah Zhang, Marley, uh, <coughs> <I'm sorry, coughs> Mallory Marzen, and Alexandra Coffey are students from Bucks County, Pennsylvania. And once a month, they chat about activism, advocacy, and the political happenings affecting their generation today. Check out their podcast at civiccircle.podbean.com or wherever you get your podcast. 
And all you gamers out there, look, holidays are right upon us. And I'll tell you, the Game Inn, that's with two ends. The Game Inn is a Quaker Town-based black family-owned gaming store. They're friends of the show, and they've got everything from Retro N64s, the latest consoles, video games for all platforms, <clears throat> collectibles, action figures, Funko Pops, walls of Funko Pops, and good grades on report cards. Get your kids discounts, too. Check it out. Got a question about a game? Look for something hard to get. They've got you covered. Check them out at their Facebook page or follow them on the formerly named place called Twitter. At the Game In, at the Game In, that's with two N's. Make sure you do a message or drop them an email at thegameinpa at gmail.com. And if you find yourself in the Kutztown area this holiday season, you got to check out the Heart and Hearth Deli and Smokehouse. Yes, that is located at 466 West Main Street. That is Kitty Corner from the Kutztown University campus. The Heart and Hearth is an um, American bistro featuring barbecue and French-inspired fare, all with locally sourced and organic ingredients. And you get in there, you got to say hello to Colleen. Uh, she's the owner. She is a friend. She is awesome. And her food is... Mwah. Go check them out. The Heart and Hearth Deli and Smokehouse located at 466 West Main Street in Kutztown. A special shout-out goes to Jonathan Mann who wrote our intro song, There Are No People in the Future. Check out all his great stuff on his YouTube page and follow him on Twitter at at Song of Day Man. That's at Song of Day Man on Twitter. Well, we are back in the seat here, and we've got a new show coming up for you on Out to Coop Live on Monday. Yes, this Monday, December 11th at 7 p.m., I welcome Adrian King and Ashley Gillis Perkins to the show. We'll be talking about the discrimination complaint they filed against the Penridge School District with the Civil Rights Division of the U.S. Department of Education. Ashley Gillis Perkins is a staff attorney with the Educational Law Center, and Adrian King is, of course, founder and president of the Parup Society and a parent of two kids in the, Pennsylvania, or the Penridge School District. We'll be digging into their decision to file this complaint, the long history of discrimination in the Penridge School District, and what things may look like going forward with the newly elected school board members. Pretty cool, pretty cool. I'm looking forward to it. And look, everybody, if you want progressive future, we need progressive media. Support Pull No Punch's homegrown progressive media today. Become a patron of Raging Chicken for as little as five bucks a month. Simply go to patreon.com slash rcpress. We're here for the fight, and we need you. Become a patron for the price of a good beer once a month. Help keep the media in the movement and the movement in the media. Become a patron for as little as $5 a month by going to patreon.com slash rcpress today. <clears throat> well, welcome and good morning, everybody. Um... As you can hear, um, <clears throat> my voice, hey, Emily, good morning. My voice is still not um, quite up to par. Um, for those of you who don't know, <clears throat> I mentioned this, I think, on one of the shows when I first came back, but I, I, I got uh, COVID over Thanksgiving. And um, <clears throat> here's, the, here's the funny story, right, if you will. Um, so I had to go, I had a, you know, I was trying to kind of, make sure I was kind of ticking all the boxes. You know, I've, I've let people on the show know before I had <clears throat> last summer, I had um, uh, kind of a, a blood clot in my, in my leg and it was complicated for a bunch of series of other stuff. And so it's been, it's been quite a kind of medical year, let's say <clears throat> everything's good now with all that and everything like this, but you know, it's been one of those things, you know, I'm at the age where, you know, things start breaking down Um so I want to make sure that I'm following up with doctors and all this other stuff. Anyways, so I had this appointment 
um, that I said, well, you know what? I better get this done before we go on vacation um, <clears throat> just so that it's, you know, that's done because I know it's going to have a follow-up and there's going to be a follow-up and blah, 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 blah. So I scheduled the appointment. I go into the appointment and um, there's a nurse that, you know, basically comes in and does your check-in and all that stuff. And then she sneezes and starts coughing really bad and says, oh, no, don't worry, it's just a head cold, and goes out in the hallway and starts hacking her lungs out, right? Comes back in, finishes up, you know, intake or whatever. Whatever. Two days after that, um, one day, hey, Amy, good morning. And one day before we're supposed to leave to go to uh, Florida for the Thanksgiving vacation, um, it's a vacation that we put off from last year because last year my son and then myself got the flu, so we had to cancel it and postpone it for a year. So, of course, the night before we're supposed to leave, um, I test positive for COVID. And, uh, but after I encourage my family as just, please, please go do not like the kids have been so disappointed. We're going with, you know, um, brother and sister-in-law, my niece and stuff. So it was, you know, it was kind of like a big deal. Um, so I was like, please go, go. And they're like, we don't want to leave you. I'm like, I don't want to be left, but you better go. So they went, did not have that bad of a case. Um, and, uh, just kind of really took it easy, um, for the week. Funny thing was toward the end, the last like three days or four days of of when I had when I was still testing positive, it's like when I really started getting congested and <clears throat> short of breath and that kind of stuff. But, anyways, long story short, um, <clears throat> kept testing positive for a while, and this thing kind of just hung on. Um, so, and of course, after Thanksgiving, it's the last two weeks of my semester, so it just was a. Uh, <clears throat> You know, so I went back with a mask and all that stuff after I was testing negative, all that kind of thing. But it's still, it's still not kind of whatever all cleared out. I feel fine, right? My head's clear and all that kind of stuff. It's just uh, all the congestion stuff is still lingering and all that kind of thing. So I apologize <clears throat> that it's taken me a bit to kind of get back in the swing of things. But I was literally, um, I was going to do a show this past Monday um, because this past Monday was the swearing in of the uh, the new school board and at Penridge, right? So, and they had it at six o'clock, which I was psyched about because I was like, "Oh, six o'clock is a swearing in. We'll go to the swearing in, and then come back and get to talk about it, right? You know, on the show." But I was, you know, I, again, my <clears throat> my voice was cracking. I was like, you know, Siri could just. So I was like, I better just, I better just get a good night's sleep, and that's what I did. So. Anyways, so anyways, I go back to my follow-up appointment with that doctor, right? And I go back in, and the person I'm supposed to meet with um, is not there that day. So I said, oh, you know what? It's okay. We can actually have one of the nurses can take care of you. Um, That that shouldn't be a problem. So go ahead, sit down, and guess who it is? It's the same nurse once again. And I'm sitting there, and I'm, you know, I've got my mask on still. This was kind of the week after Thanksgiving. Even though I was testing negative, want to make sure, you know, look, I'm going to go into this place. better, you know make sure I called ahead of time just to make sure, you know, listen, I had COVID. Should I still come in for the appointment? And they said, yes, please, please come in. That shouldn't be a problem. Just wear a mask, blah, blah, blah. So it's fine. So I do that. I'm sitting there talking to this nurse and she's like, um, yeah, how you doing? I got my mask on. I said, yeah. I said, I had call. She was like, oh yeah. I said, well, thanks you for, for being able to take me today. Uh, I wasn't sure if I was able to come in because I had COVID over Thanksgiving, you know, so I'm still having my mask on. I want to make sure it was okay. And I just had COVID and I'm just getting over it. She's like, oh yeah. Wow. That's funny. Me too. <laughs> right. And I'm looking at her like, well, at least that's a confirmation about, you know, where it goes on. And so I just say to her, you know, yeah, yep. 
Got it over Thanksgiving. My whole family got to go to Florida without me, and I just kind of sat home because of COVID. <laughs> and you watch it dawning on her face, right? And, like, in my mind, to be honest with you, I'm, like, past it at this point. I'm, like, <clears throat> I'm moving on. Nothing I can do. That really sucked, but <clears throat> whatever. I'm not going back to refight that thing, but I'm just going to let it sink in and just get out of here. So <clears throat> that was my story. And then – to make matters worse, I, um, we had, like, this kind of stuff that just, like, ran through my house. Luckily, well, my wife ended up getting COVID, but, like, well, well like, when she got back, <clears throat> and we don't think it was probably from me, but we're not sure. And then my son has had this, like, stomach bug for the week, um, and <clears throat> it's the end of my semester, so all the grades and all the meetings are coming in. So I've just been swamped. So <clears throat> that's the long story short, right, basically, of um, – why it's taking me so long to kind of get back in the swing of things. Um, <clears throat> I hope we got, we got to check out, I don't know if you haven't already to check out the uh, latest um, episode of the civic circle. That's uh, you know, comes out um, uh, from the <clears throat> Bucks County beacon, the civic circles, that kind of Gen Z focused podcast. Um, <clears throat> the latest episode <clears throat> um that came out, we uh, interviewed uh, Jordan Adelson or they interviewed Jordan Adelson um, and, um, I, I was, I was very, very excited that, um, it was, um, that it, it was able to come out <clears throat> when it did, um, and that we were able to put, kind of put it out and it was, uh, uh, it was such a great interview and wanted to get that out before, um, the Monday night because Monday night was the swearing in a pen rage and Jordan, um, she was Jordan's the communication director for um, Bucks United, and she had talked a, kind of a fair amount about <clears throat> the uh, the Penridge School Board. So, who knows it? <clears throat> Killing my voice right now. I'm just like, oh, this is bad. Yes, Amy, I agree. I need an assistant. Um, I think. Well, you know what? I, I should say this about um, about this. I mentioned this on a previous podcast, and I've been thinking a lot about like directions forward for um, what I'm going to be doing with Raging Chicken. And I'll probably, I'll probably be posting some about this to uh, the Patreon site. The one thing I'm very excited about, about uh, with our Patreon site is Patreon just started doing this thing where um, you can follow different creators um, without having to become a member, uh, which is very helpful in just kind of building up kind of another kind of uh, area of, of listeners. So we've got a whole bunch of new followers um, on Patreon, which is great. Uh, it'd be awesome if we got more, um, you know, actually uh, patrons, right? Um, paying patrons, that'd be even better because we could do some of the things we've wanted to do. Um, but some of the work that I've been doing has been has been helping build a little bit stuff with, uh, with Raging Chicken. So one of the things that I'm going to be doing probably the month of December into January is consolidating a bunch of the um, the work that we do. Um, you may or may not know um, if you're listening to this podcast right now, but um, uh, we started out uh, having a, a web page that was um, mostly kind of writing-based. We started that back in 2011. It wasn't in 2016 until 2016 that we started the podcast. <clears throat> and we were, you know, running both of those things for quite some time. And... <clears throat> The, the the company that I have uh, for my web hosting decided to switch over its servers. This was during COVID at some at some point. I think it was probably 2022. 
switch over their servers to kind of um, to like a cloud-based server system, which is going to allow it to be faster according to them and all this stuff. <clears throat> On my end, I had to do a few things with the uh, um, switch, some switching some things. Apparently, I did not do that um, correctly at some point. And as a result, if you go to that webpage now, ragingchickenpress.org, it's, it comes up as an error page. So I've got to fix that. And I, you know, and instead of saying, look, instead of putting more money into a web page that we really kind of don't utilize anymore, I'm probably going to consolidate that stuff over to our Patreon site, um, which is kind of goes to Amy, your point, but I need an assistant. Um, that's really what I, that's what I'm really trying to kind of grapple with, right? Come to, you know, that's my realization that I, I can't be managing all these sites. There's just no way to do it when I'm doing it by myself. So we're going to probably consolidate things a little bit over on the Patreon site um, <clears throat> and then trying to produce some more content. Because the other thing I've been wanting to do is I've been, there's a bunch of writing I've been wanting to do. And um, I, I think that's, that's going to be a place where I'm going to start posting some things up on Patreon. Uh, Patreon. Most likely it'll, though, that stuff will come out initially as um, um, <clears throat> that'll come out initially as uh uh, pat- uh, patron only, right? But then it'll release like a week or so later of there, um, and she will, we shall see. So, anyways, <clears throat> that's going to be happening over like over the holiday over the holiday season. Um, in addition to just finishing projects that I need to get done um, <clears throat> for here. So that's one of the things. The other thing that I really enjoyed doing, you may have seen, is that we had our first uh, community intern. Um, technically, it wasn't. She wasn't the first, but um, she was the first one who actually we we <clears throat> that functioned as an intern. Let's put it that way. I agreed to take on some interns before; it didn't work out so great. Um, <clears throat> but um, Ava Lobach was uh, our community intern with Raging Chicken, and uh, she was awesome and uh, was able to write a bunch of stuff. We kind of paired up with uh, the Bucks County Beacon. So the interviews that I was doing on um, uh, Out to Coop Live on Monday nights, she was doing kind of like articles based upon that and posting that stuff in the Beacon. It, it was fantastic. And I'll tell you, the one of the things that I've wanted to do for, um, uh, well, actually not even wanted to do for a long time, but the whole original idea behind Raging Chicken was that it was also going to be a space for developing um, kind of uh, young, I shouldn't say just young writers. I'd say writers who are new to doing this kind of work, right? Or, and not just writers, but also people working, say, photography and video, podcasting, all that stuff. But people who wanted to work in the progressive media space, but really just, you know, you know, there's not a lot of places where you can get to do this stuff. So that was kind of the original idea. We had a... <clears throat> a fellowship program that we worked for a while that we had um, some college fellows that were, you know, by kind of a semester basis. Um, <clears throat> we had a couple that were great. We had a couple that were just, just, you know, took the money and run, so to speak. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that given the fact that our focus has primarily been this podcast or these series of podcasts, now that I'm doing more production work um, with the Bucks County Beacon, <clears throat> got some other things kind of stirring up, work well with this internship thing. I think we've got some models to actually do more than just the podcast, right? Um, to actually be, you know, for me personally, to do some more of the writing um, based on Patreon. 
uh, but also uh, kind of work in conjunction with some of the other progressive media outlets in the area, <clears throat> maybe as a clearinghouse with interns, <clears throat> with kind of interns that we could kind of uh, work through. Um, I got a bunch of ideas like that. <clears throat> so I've also been, you know, and this kind of always been that always been streaming in the back of my head uh, several years ago, this is before COVID even, <clears throat> I actually uh, started a nonprofit organization called <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> yeah, this is what it's been like. A nonprofit organization called the um, <clears throat> um, <clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> sorry, hold on a second. Um called the Citizen Media Center. Right? And Citizen Media Center was meant to be kind of like a hub, like a physical space and a hub to do a lot of the stuff I was just kind of describing for a bunch of reasons that had to, had more to do with people going in different directions uh, right as we were kind of starting to launch um, some really, um, I think, onerous um, insurance policies that I was forced to um, um, take on um, because I was going through this one particular agency and because there was a possibility of working with college students that I, in, in a physical space, <clears throat> they made me take on this like really expensive insurance policy and stuff. And anyways, then with some of the board of directors that kind of went off and one went to a PhD program, the one had to kind of take on the second job, you know, things like this, it just was not going to happen. <clears throat> but the idea behind it is still there. You know, I've always thought about Raging Chicken as really being um, a, a kind of space into that. And I've always kind of envisioned a lot of the work that I would do long term would be kind of building these kind of connections. So I've been thinking a lot about that. And <clears throat> I think by having stuff in, a, in that consolidated space on Patreon is going to be helpful. <clears throat> um. <clears throat> yeah, Emily, that's kind of, that's a little bit kind of the idea. The other thing is, you know, the other reason about consolidating things on Patreon, to be honest with you, too, is that, I mean, Twitter slash X is, is a shit show. <clears throat> it is um, it is not. It is. I don't want to I don't want to kind of sound nostalgic with saying it's not what it used to be. Uh, that is absolutely 100 percent true. Right. But more to the point is like, you know, I, and it, again, there are people who spent who are really got tons and tons of Twitter followers and are, are active on Twitter all the time and have been <clears throat> right as back and forth. Sean Kitchen, who I, you know, worked with uh, Raging Chicken for years before he went off to Harrisburg. Um, now he works at the um, uh, <clears throat> the Keystone report, you know, the, the news agency out of Harrisburg. But um you know, he's one of those perfect example. He was on Twitter all the time and things like this, and that's that's kind of what he did. I've never been that <clears throat> kind of personally active, like on Twitter or <clears throat> even Facebook to some degree. I mean, I was for a while, I think, you know, but <clears throat> I've utilized those spaces mostly um, from Raging Chicken's perspective, right? <clears throat> from, you know, kind of wanting to kind of engage um, through Raging Chicken. And <clears throat> what was always awesome about it is like, you know, as I thank everybody who shares our stuff and all this kind of, I mean, it's been great. I mean, people have been amazing and helping pr promote this show and the stuff that we're doing, Raging Chicken, <clears throat> sharing great materials and all that. It's been fantastic. Um, 
and to a certain degree, you know, that was always, always we're going to get uh, traffic to our uh, podcasts and, and things like this through, um, through those social media platforms. <clears throat> it's, it, 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 Twitter is such a shit show that, you know, it, it, there's no, you, there's nothing you can count on any longer in terms of like your stuff, even showing up on your own followers um, um, feeds. Um, <clears throat> the analytics <clears throat> are a disaster. <clears throat> um, and if you talk to anybody who works in progressive media, any media for that matter, <clears throat> but mostly progressive media, Twitter has really fallen off as a, as a place to be. Um, the threads, the alternatives, um, you know, we're on threads too as well. We're on Mastodon too as well. Um, <clears throat> and just recently got on Blue Sky uh, thanks to the awesome folks of the Sisters of the Night Caucus podcast who threw me, finally threw, you know, uh, threw me an invitation. I finally found somebody who had them. Like, they were saying, hey, look, we got some extra information, uh, invitations. Everybody wants them. I'm like, yes, please. And they were like, boom, there you go. So we're on Blue Sky. Blue Sky is probably the best Twitter rival that's out there. But look, I mean, it's it's hard to get on, right? You need an, in, you need an invite and stuff. Over the long term, that might prove useful. Um, but look, frankly, you, you know, I do this work not to chase analytics, right? To chase the likes and to, you know, to have great takes on everything. That's just not me, right? I'm not knocking that, right? I'm just saying that's just not me, right? Um, I look at it so much as a, um, uh, you know, as a space to share um, kind of the work that we're doing. So, without having a really kind of clear alternative, like, uh, yeah, Emily says, yeah, Blue Sky is is still niche, but I like it. Yes, I agree. I'm right with you on that. Um, But I'm looking for a place where we actually build community online. Um, Mastodon was, you know, that was kind of the idea behind Mastodon, right? And it still is very much. I mean, if you actually, if you're looking to build kind of communities of of like-minded people and have kind of discussions without all all the kind of, you know, without all the hellscape that was Twitter uh, and just have people that are really interested in building community. It's a great space, right? It is not a space, however, to kind of share, you know, and kind of expand your membership unless you spend a lot of time there. And it's like, I just don't have that time. Right. If we had like Amy was saying, like need an assistant, like if I had somebody who was just running my social media, right. Doing all the time. That's awesome. I mean, Sean kitchen for a long time kind of did that um, for raging chicken. Um, but uh, he used to be RC Press Sean. That used to be Sean, right? Um, uh, but he's, you know, he's long moved on from that. Anyways, so that's that's just kind of some of the stuff that's been going through my mind. Uh, you know, and frankly, I also got to say, uh, Kirsten, what's happening? Um, the other stuff, you know, frankly, I the other thing I have to say is that um, well, let me just talk a little bit about the uh, the, the Penbridge School Board, um, not just the election, but the swearing-in ceremony on Monday. I know uh, Central Bucks had theirs too as well, right? Um, and just like at Central Bucks, I mean, Central Bucks got a lot of coverage, but just like Central Bucks, there was, uh, there was tailgating that was going on at, uh, you know, uh, in the Penbridge uh, 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 high school parking lot ahead of the um, – Head of the meeting, which was which was phenomenal. Um, once again, a huge shout out to everybody who worked on that campaign. 
Uh, huge shout out to the, you know, I mean, I could just go through the list of names, and I think I'm going to do that before the end of the year. I'm not going to do it today because I don't have it up in front of me, and I don't want to miss anybody. But all the folks that worked, you know, with the Penridge Community Alliance, the folks that worked with, you know, the, the amazing work that um, the Ridge Network did, the amazing work that uh, even, you know, Bucks United did, um, the folks, even the uh, the Penridge Democrats. <clears throat> I mean, I'll tell you, this, that the group of people that have run the Penridge Democrats um, through the thin years, right? Well, you know, especially when it would, they weren't doing anything, they have really uh, started to build that back up as a community, which has been which has been pretty amazing. <clears throat> I, I just, you know, all these people that are going through my mind that did all this organization work. Um, and not just for this past election, but have been building that organization for years now, right? Um, you know, at least three election cycles, right? When they first were trying to figure out how do we actually run a different kind of campaign? How do we recruit good candidates and all that? The big thing, the, my big takeaway from Monday night's um, uh, swearing-in ceremony in, Pen, in Penridge was just how good it felt how much of a relief it was. And I don't think I really, I don't think I realized quite how much what was happening in the school district was weighing on me, to be honest with you. Um, I felt, you know, it's only, only like this week I've been giving it some thought, you know, and again, it helps. <clears throat> this is the one thing that's useful about, um, you know, having to commute an hour back and forth to work. So you get time to think of the car, right? You know, and, you know, I felt, I'll be honest with you, I felt in this really stuck place because um, there was part of me that wanted to just get the hell out of here, <clears throat> right, um, and feel like that, you know, I was failing my kids um, by, you know, having moved here. <clears throat> and one of the reasons I moved here was, you know, because, okay, yes, we're, you know, we're moving closer to, um, to my wife's family, um, but also because, the, you know, look, we we're going to have, you know, when we moved here, my wife was pregnant with our first kid and we wanted to make sure that we were going to, we wanted to stay someplace for a long time. We, you know, we didn't want to like, you know, move all around and stuff. We wanted someplace that we would stay, a community that we liked and had decent schools, you know, and, and that was all, you know, hit all the boxes, you know, and we knew it was you know, obviously knew it was a more conservative area and stuff, but look, <clears throat> you know, you do what you do. We had family here and stuff. So, but it really was troubling to me, you know, it was really troubling about, you know, am, you know, am I doing my, you know, kids a disservice by staying, <clears throat> you know, but of course there's also, you know, that political voice in my head, which is always, no, you always stay and fight. You always stay and fight. <clears throat> right. Um, you always stay and you try to make things better. Right. You know, um, it's, it's like the flip side, you know, you don't, it's not like those people used to say, love it, love it or leave it. You know, I'm, I always say, since I was in high school, I would say, no, I'd rather choose to stay and make it better rather than just get up and, you know, take my toys and go home. But nonetheless, <clears throat> you know, I just, I'd had those voices in my head, you know, and there's like other people, you know, you'd hear them, you know, well, I'm going to take my kids out of here and I don't know. <clears throat> it just didn't seem right. So, but it had been weighing on me quite so much. And then plus, you know, to be honest with you, the, the other part of it was, like I kind of mentioned at the top of the show, is that, you know, I had all this kind of health stuff to deal with this year. And that was weighing on my mind a lot. <clears throat> and I was 
I don't think I realized until probably October of this, you know, October that I was just significantly burnt out um, for a lot of reasons. And uh, the school board stuff kind of, kind of tipped me over the edge in a, in a weird kind of way. I mean, in a way that I'm not used to, it's not, it's not familiar to me. I mean, normally, uh, and, and I'll be honest with you, normally the, uh, if this was happening, you know, most times in my life with these crazies taking over the school board, <clears throat> I would have been one of the people out there being at the, you know, on the organizing committees and things like this. And that would have been what I was doing. And I, I, I couldn't do it. Right. Um, and it was just, a, it was a, a very strange experience. So, I mean, obviously it helped in other ways, right. We do the show, right. I contributed in other ways and ways that I could, uh, and ways that I kind of, you know, said, okay, I need to do something to help this out, uh, even if it's a small thing. So I would do those things. But so it was just a weird space. This whole past year has been a weird space um, in that grind. And so going to that meeting on on Monday, you know, I felt, I've always, you know, again, my friend Seth, is, I, I remember this when, um, years ago, when and this is 2016, when we had to take in our union, we had to take a strike vote. We had to, uh, it was going to be, and it was pretty clear that if we took a strike vote, that we were actually going to strike. Right? This is a strike authorization vote, I should say. That we were actually going to uh, that we were actually going to strike. They called a special session of legislative assembly, our legislative assembly and our union, which was basically all the representatives across the state from all the different campuses in the state system of higher education called a special session at Penn state because that's right in the center of the state. And literally we were going to convene for a day, um, less than a day, really go in, convene, take the vote. And that was it. That was the business of the day. And yet virtually everybody went, right. I had to figure something out. Um, that um, my son came with me and brought him a bunch of toys. We drove out to uh, Penn State um, to the hotel where it was, the vote was going to be taken and <clears throat> took the vote, right? Got back on the car and drove home, right? We went and got food and things like that, right? You know, it was, it was that kind of thing. And I remember it's because it felt important to me to be there, you know? And I remember my friend Seth saying to me, like, why are you going out there? You know, you can just send your vote. And I said, yeah, but I just feel it needs to be. He's like, yeah, I don't feel it. I don't feel the need to have to be there. Right? But for me, it was that's always been kind of important, right? These kind of key pivotal moments. And that's the way Monday felt. You know, it felt like to be there to, to bear witness, right? And I didn't realize how great it was going to be. It was so positive, you know, even you had Jordan Blomgren, who, you know, I've talked about extensively on this show. Jordan Blomgren, one of the kind of, you know, she was the one who recruited, took care, got the secret contracts and all that stuff to bring Vermilion Education aboard um, uh, at Penridge. Um, you know, that was like she was the one. She was vicious um, to people. She was belittling to, you know, both people in the community and other members of the board. Um it, it, it just, she was just, just her, the kind of the, the kind of 
toxicity she would bring to every single meeting, just like, oh, my God, it was it was overwhelming. And, yes, I'm not saying she was the only one. Right? Megan Banas Clemens clearly was in that same camp. Ricky Chaikin was still in that – although it was funny, interesting, over the, over the uh, months – she got quieter and quieter because I think she realized, like, she doesn't. She actually still wants to, like, maybe be able to say hello to people in the future. I don't know. Who knows? Whatever. But anyways, <clears throat> so you now got a new school board majority. Um, you got, you know, all the Democrats won, right? So there were five open seats, five won. Um, and now Jordan Blomgren and uh, Ricky Chaikin are the only two left over from the extremists, right? They're the only two ones that are there. And then there's, of course, the, you know, the the lapdog guy who just uh, votes along with them but doesn't really say anything of value. <clears throat> um, but Jordan Blomgren, she, despite that really positive feeling, she tried to bring the toxicity. Like, she showed up in her big, like, flag scarf and stuff, was wagging her head around and things. But it had no place to go, right? Because she tried to make to turn what everyone was there i would i won't say everyone but i would say probably 95% of that packed room where people were there to support the new school board candidates and the new majority and one there's only one person that got up in public comment and spoke and what that i have no idea what that guy's politics are i've never seen it before but what he called for is like can we please i don't care what your politics are can we please get back to Situation where people are going to do the best for our community and for our schools and for the kids in the schools, right? And leave the check your kind of political agendas at the door and let's get back to the business of, of making this thing because we care about this community and so on, right? That was kind of his shtick. And I, I think that the vast majority of people who elected this new school board, these, these new school board candidates and this new school board majority, that's really what bound everyone together. And I don't normally think in these terms, right? You know, and I and this is what I've been I've been evaluating a lot of is the importance of a democrat a truly democratic process that is dependent upon difference, but also collaboration and critical compromise, right? And by critical compromise, I I really don't like the way that people deploy the word compromise very often because usually it's meant to kind of shut down people. Well, you have to compromise is usually what, when people say that, when you have to compromise, usually what they mean is that you are not going to get your way. So just, you're going to have to suck it up and do what we want you to do. Half the time that people say compromise, that's what they mean. Right? But in the spirit of what democracy is supposed to be. Democracy is supposed to be a place where there's a few things that are recognized. Number one is that there are hundreds, thousands of different perspectives out there. And those differences in perspectives are going to come into conflict. And so instead of trying to suppress the conflict in a truly vibrant and healthy democracy, people embrace the conflict. But suggest, right, again, democracy is clear. Like we said, look, instead of we're going to solve our differences, we're going to solve conflict through argumentation, persuasion, discussion, collaboration, right? And yes, compromise instead of violence. 
right? That's the real promise of democracy. It doesn't say that, you know, it's not kumbaya, it's not utopia, but it's to say that this is a space where we are going to take these conflicts and we're going to try to resolve them through discourse. And you can't just kind of like say, well, we're going to agree to disagree because you have to decide on things. Right? Yes, Emily, exactly. It also means open communications to all the stakeholders. Absolutely. And I would even go one step further than say, not just open communications to all the stakeholders, but a space where all the stakeholders, right, can participate in some fashion. And are not there just to kind of show up and kind of tick a box on a day of an election day, right, but are actively engaged with. Right. And. And I and I guess, at, you know, at some core level, I think that's that's what I believe, you know, I mean, I, I don't you know, who's it like, you know, was it Winston Churchill, I guess who said this, you know, democracy is the worst of all possible forms of government, except for all the others. <laughs> right. You know, meaning like it's not. Look, this is not. It, you know, this is this doesn't solve our problems by saying we're a democracy. No, and it, it just in sense it kind of it gives us a process, and it's slow. It's not easy. But you know, I, I teach this class called Rhetoric, Democracy, and Advocacy, and in that class, you know, we start we start off with uh, reading this this book called um, uh, this guy Ian Angus. I can't believe I'm going to forget the name of the book. I usually have a copy right here on my desk, but it's not here right now. <clears throat> um, uh, emerging Democracies. I think it's sort of Emerging Democracy, something like that. Um, it'll come to me. But, and in there it talks about, you know, having a healthy kind of civic culture, right? And that being actually a precondition. And like the healthier the civic culture, you know, that's necessary for, for democracy. And same thing is to have actual places and spaces where people come together to deliberate outside of like the formal structures, right? And what it means by kind of like an, a vibrant and active civic culture, it's, it's a culture that operates on those kind of principles that I was just kind of talking about, like that we recognize that people are going to have different perspectives, right? And they're going to have perspectives that we don't necessarily agree with, right? And we can talk about that, right? Instead of it being, you know, like, you know, you're never supposed to talk about religion or politics at the dinner table, you know, th- that kind of old school way of thinking stuff. Instead of being that, it's like, no, 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 look, we, do, we don't, we don't have to kind of, our relationships with each other aren't dependent upon us like cordoning off large sections of who we are just to kind of be, be nice to each other. No, but it's more like how we handle those differences, right? It's like we recognize that at a very, and that doesn't mean we don't get heated about stuff. That doesn't mean we don't get upset about it or have a really fundamental difference. It doesn't mean that people don't lose their friendships over things. No, but it just means like in the bigger picture of stuff that we want to encourage that kind of space, that we don't want to shut people down for what they believe, right? And I would give my one caveat to that, and this is uh, Karl Popper's caveat, right, is that, you know, uh, there are, you need to exclude certain things, right? You need to exclude fascists. 
You need to exclude authoritarians, those people who are hell-bent on destroying democracy, right? In order to have a, a, a civic culture that's tolerant of difference, you have to actually be intolerant, right? Intolerant of those people who are trying to destroy democracy, right? That doesn't mean that you don't, that they can't say what they're going to say, right? But they don't get access to the same thing. They don't get the same kind of privilege. And it's a weird thing, you know, because about this, you know, this contradiction at the heart of kind of democracies, you need that kind of stuff, right? And that goes back to, you know, that goes back to this whole idea about demagoguery, right? Is that that's the one aspect of democracy that is is always vulnerable, vulnerable to demagogues, right? Especially when you don't have an active civic culture, when you don't have a critical educational infrastructure, right? When things like kind of emotions and fear and, you know, and lies and conspiracy theories, when that kind of stuff was able to kind of like get everyone kind of just like, you know, throw the red meat to the, to the base and get them to, to act out and, you know, and vote basically, you know, like with a knee-jerk reaction, that's not active civic culture. That's one that is kind of conducive to demagoguery, right? And demagoguery, is, it's always ripe, right, for demagogues and kind of authoritarians to take over um, or to have influence at least when we see that there's been a, 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 a decline in our civic culture, right? <clears throat> so anyways, I think about a lot of that stuff. And so I've been thinking about that in terms of the school board election and and being at that space where, you know, they elected Ron Wirtz to be the uh, the board cha- board chair, and I'll I'll just say right off the bat, I think that was the smartest thing that they could have done. I think that was the perfect move because he was a Republican. He was elected initially with those other, um, you know, with the with the crazies, the extremists of the board. <clears throat> he eventually ended up ended up kind of like being opposed to what they were all doing and then ran as a democrat and ran on this stuff he said i could no longer be part of that i could no longer like take part in that because those things the reason why i I was a republican for so long that none of it is that (laughs) right so there's only there's only one party there's only one group of people that are running against it and that's the democrats is who ran as a democrat and you know, like I said, this, you know, the community, the Penridge area is is not a, you know, a bastion of progressivism. It's a fairly conservative, like politically conservative area. Um, <clears throat> and so to have somebody like him who's, you know, who's fairly respected and reason, gained a lot of people's respect and appoint that person to the board was, I think, I think a really good move. Um, <clears throat> they also, you know, elected as vice president, they elected um, uh, Christine Batiki as a vice president who was a Republican who ran with Jordan Blomgren and Ricky Chaikin and was part of that group initially until even she was eventually kind of excluded and marginalized by the extremists on the board. <clears throat> I've never much cared for her politics, right, and all that. But if you wanted to send a signal, and again, we could have disagreements over it, but if you want to send a signal to everybody, look, we're serious about wanting to kind of heal these runes to make this a non-toxic place to actually do the, 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 the business. That's great. And I give a lot of credit to, you know, uh, the, 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 uh, the newly elected school board candidates, you know, um, Chris Kaufman, right. I mean, uh, you know, Carolyn Sierino, the whole group of them, 
I, I give I give them a lot of credit to say like, yeah, that's what we're going to do, right? Because I know that some of those candidates got a bunch of stuff that they really would like to see happen. Like Carolyn Ciarino, for example, was really active in the DEI stuff, was really active in kind of, you know, bringing, say, diversity, being, you know, um, critical perspectives to um, into the schools. <clears throat> and, you know, I can imagine there's got to be part of her and saying, like, I, I want to get out in front. I want to do that stuff now. Um, but stop but pausing, your, you know, putting your own kind of like maybe personal agenda in check. Right. And I'm projecting here. I have no idea. You know, I didn't talk to her about it. So, but, you know, but I, I mean, that would be my perspective. I'd be like, I'd want to do this stuff, but then say, wait, let's, let's get back to a functioning board, right? We can actually do good things for the school district. I mean, that was a lot. And that's what the whole night felt like, right? When people clap, everyone, you know, when they were when the newly elected folks were getting sworn in, everybody was kind of standing up and you know, clapping for people. It didn't feel like. Yeah, in your face. It felt like, thank you. It felt like we're here with you. We're taking this oath with you. It felt like a community. And it was pretty, it was amazing. You know, I'm so glad I went for that reason alone. You know, to be, you know, one of the people in the audience that was there, you know, just the, my daughter went with us. My son was sick, unfortunately, but my daughter went with us and, you know, we went there, we're there to be there. So that was a really, a really good thing. I know I'm not talking about a whole bunch of stuff in the news today, but, you know, I think uh, <clears throat> I, I've, 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 I've turned off some of the news for a bit, you know, especially I mean, like just all this, I, I mean, like I'm looking at like, okay, here's my Google news headlines right now. Let me just refresh it. So I'm not, I'm sorry. so this is what, <clears throat> and this is kind of what I, in my brain is like, okay, so we have on one side, Hunter Biden hit with federal charges for evading tax, right? UNLV shooting suspect captured on, on video after deadly rampage. Uh, Putin will run for president again in a bid to stay in power. Oxford High School shooter Ethan Crumbly to be sentenced on Friday in Michigan. Right? New Bucks County business offering kitchen, bathroom, and closet design services. Right, Attempted break-in caught on stuff. Right, you know. uh, Let's see, where's another good one? Um, Taylor has been accused of throwing shade at her ex-Joe in her time of person of the year interview, right? Uh, I mean, just, I was looking at this stuff. I, I, and then if you look at what, what continues to happen in, in, in Gaza, right? It's just, it, it's horrific. <clears throat> and then you've got like, uh, like Elise Stefanik, like hold in these hearings, basically using it as a platform to go after these college presidents and these college presidents being being really unable <clears throat> to kind of like say simple things when it comes to anti-Semitism. And so now you've got Elise Stefanik, this kind of like right wing guy from up my neck of the woods up in upstate New York, which was not in my representative area, but kind of up there. Um, <clears throat> Elise Stefanik, you know, basically be able to kind of use it as an opportunity as a political opportunity to kind of go after higher education and the kind of like the smart people and, you know, the people with degrees and all these, you know, of uh, like, like, you know, stuck up academics and professionals and who are all Democrats and blah, 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 and making them sound like they're anti-Semitic. I mean, he's like, it's unbelievable. <clears throat> you 
I mean, there's like all this kind of stuff going on, just filling my head with uh, just crap. Trump coming out and basically saying, "Hey, look, when I'm elected, I'll be I'll, I'll be I'll only be a dictator for the day on day one." I'm like, "What the hell does that mean? What when you dissolve the government? I mean, whatever. I mean, it just I swear to God, <clears throat> there's so much out there that is that is. I just had to 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 pause for a week, right? And I know it's the end of my semester. It's like I had I got so much that I got to do. So it's like I, I can't. I can't wait in that crap this week. I yes, I'm going to read it and all this stuff, but I'm just going to I'm going to read it for my understanding and less to kind of come here and talk to you about it today. If that makes sense, <laughs> um, and that's really why you know why I wanted to uh, I wanted to spend so much time talking about the school board election because I think it is a real turning point, and I I I I think it's really important that everybody. Um, if you haven't already, you take that moment of just <clears throat> of recognizing what a victory that was. What a victory it was in Penridge. What a victory it was in in Central Bucks. What a victory it was in Southern Lehigh. And I said, "Wow!" And to kind of take that that feeling of work well done and all that, and then remember, it, it went the other way down in Souderton. Right, went the other way in Kutztown. These folks, you know, the extremists, the Moms for Liberty people, as much as they've been taking so many hits lately, they're not going away. Even if it's a different brand, a different style, different names, um, they're not going away. <clears throat> but the only way we sustain it is to remember what it feels like to win, right, and to know that we can win. <clears throat> Anyways, what one of the things that, as I said, kind of earlier on in the show today, that um, next week uh, on Monday, I've got a great show for you. Um, we got Adrian King and Ashley Gillis Perkins um, on the show. Um, most of you who listen to this know who Adrian King is, right? She's the head of the Parap Society. She's got two kids in the Penridge School District. Um, she's worked with the Ridge Network. She was a former um, uh, school board candidate. Just done phenomenal work. <clears throat> right. Um, she'll be on the show. And then um, Ashley Gillis Perkins is um, uh, she's a staff attorney for the Education Law Center. Um, and they have brought this little complaint to the uh, U.S. Department of Education Civil Rights Division. <clears throat> and we're going to be talking about this on the show on Monday. And just to give you a sense, if you haven't checked this out already, the. Um, I'll give you the opening on this. The basis for this complaint is discrimination based on race that violates Title Six, yeah, Title Six of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, and discrimination based on sex that violates Title Nine of the Educational Amendments Act of 1972. The discrimination includes Penridge School District's chronic failure to take reasonable and necessary measures to address persistence and severe bullying and harassment of LGBTQ plus students and students of color, which has resulted in a hostile environment for these students. The district further creates and exacerbates this hostile environment by using discriminatory discipline policies against black students, adopting policies that <coughs> limit the expression 
elimination uh, that that limit uh, that limit expression eliminating access to diverse and culturally responsive learning materials and adopting discriminatory bathroom and sports policies a description of discriminating acts falls below and they go and that's what the, most of the complaint is about there's uh, voices of students and direct testimony of people um, who have been victims of this discrimination um, this is you've got the um, this is filed, like I say, the Education Law Center as uh, kind of assisting with this, as being a, the forefront of this. Um, you also got the NAACP of Bucks County. You got the Pair Up Societies that on here and a bunch of kind of individuals that names are blacked out for privacy reasons. So that's what we're going to be talking about on Monday. And I think it's a, it's, it's a really good time to be having this conversation because it we can approach this. Look at this this complaint of discrimination as something that is separate and distinct from the particular composition of that school board. So on number one, we can recognize there's been a significant turnover in the Penridge school board, right? Um, and we also know that the, that former majority on the school board has been responsible for passing some of the worst policies, <clears throat> right? Um, uh, discriminatory policies in here. But we should say is that Adrian King, Carolyn Ciarino, a whole bunch of other folks have been talking about this kind of discrimination, systemic discrimination, and the failure of the school district to address it for longer than that most recent school board composition. We can remember when Joan Cullen, right, was the head of the school board and who was also soft walking the same kind of policies that the, you know, the extremists brought in. Right. Joan Cullen was the one who basically was saying that I'm the one who contacted Hillsdale College and thought well, we should look at their curriculum. Right. I'm the one who wanted to whitewash, you know, whitewash history first. You just have to do it in the proper way. Right. That was Joan Cullen stuff. That was the former um, majority. So we've got the question now before this. Right. This is a discrimination complaint. Number one, the Vermilion contract is ended, <clears throat> which is awesome. The um, Unlike what happened in Central Bucks, Central Bucks on their first night of their swearing in and their reorganization stuff, they got rid of some of the most discriminatory policies. I think we're, we're going to see the same type of thing happening at Penridge, although my guess is that the results are going to be a little bit different. You know, we shall see. But now, with a discrimination complaint like this, with the evidence like this of systemic and ongoing discrimination happening within the school district and with this new school board, now there's an opportunity to actually do something about it, right? So that's, again, this is, this is the opportunity for the community, right, to get behind making the district better, right, and inviting the new school board majority, right, to make it better with us, right, to resolve these longstanding problems, right, and do it in a way that is going to make our schools that much better, right? Because I, I heard this off comment. I, I, I couldn't even tell you. It was on social media. I think it was in Facebook someplace. Somebody making a comment along the lines of, Oh, good. So, you know, now, yeah, probably that, you know, discrimination complaints can go away or something along those lines. And I don't even know if they were talking about this one here. And I didn't say anything. I was just, just thinking in my head. It's like, no, no, that's actually not what's going to happen. <laughs> right. This complaint, this discrimination complaint was not 
a political document, like in the sense of political, in the sense of like, it's not a Democrat, like it's only against Republicans. No, it's about systemic long-term discrimination, right? And so it, that doesn't, that doesn't end long-term systemic discrimination does not end with the election of somebody different. It ends when you change the conditions that perpetuate that systemic discrimination. So I'm looking forward to seeing that move forward. Like let's having the, you know, having those conversations about healing and moving and moving into a direction that is no longer going to be, you know, Penridge is no longer going to be a space of discrimination and hatred and abuse, but is going to be one of learning of nurturing and caring. Pretty cool. So we shall see. So anyways, I think that's about all my voice is going <clears> to, <throat> excuse me, is going to take this morning. So um, I'm going to, I'm going to call it on here. Also, we'll have on Monday, we'll have the, um, uh, obviously Adrian King and Ashley Gillis Perkins on the show at 7 PM um, on out to coop live um, next Friday, May be the last show of the season. I've got one other person that I need to get back to about um, about an Out to Coop Live interview. I'm going to see if uh, they want to do it before the end of the year or if they'd rather start at the beginning of the year. Um, um, but I'll, I'll let you know about that. But um, <clears throat> so next week may be the may be the um, the last show of the year. But I, I'll let you know. I'll let you know then if we're going to do one more Out to Coop Live and end on an Out to Coop Live or not. So. Uh, Thank you, Amy. Yes, I'll do my best to feel better. I'm going to make myself some tea and uh, just try to get this uh, reboot a little bit before I have to hit the grading hole once again. So anyway, uh, thank you all for tuning in. Thank you all for stopping by and spending some time with me. Um, I appreciate you all. I uh, want to remind everybody out there that you can help support this show by heading over to patreon.com slash rcpress. You can join our growing community over on Patreon, and uh, you can become a patron for as little as 5 bucks a month. But you can just go over to Patreon right now and follow there. Make sure. Yes, ginger, ginger and honey with apple cider, Amy. Okay. All right. I'm on it. I'm on it. <laughs> I'm on it. All right, everybody. This is Kevin Mahoney, creator and founder of Raging Chicken. want to remind you to head on over to patreon.com slash rcpress. want to remind you to help everybody else in your community when you can. I hope that this is going to be the beginning of an awesome holiday season. Uh, let us kind of uh, rejuvenate ourselves, um, kind of get up the owl energy because I, I, I got the feeling that 2024 is, uh, is gonna, is gonna be a trying time. <laughs> so uh, not to be the dang sound negative and stuff, but I just, I get that feeling. So here we go. All right, everybody. Um, I'm out of here. I'm going to hit the uh, look at this. This is this is what happened to me before too. Yeah. I've got this little. I've been having these like weird little things with some of the programs that I use for this too. So I have to kind of keep on going back into my um, one of my sources in order to get it to work in the way that it's supposed to. So we'll try it here. All right, this is there we go. This is Kevin Mahoney, creator and founder of Raging Chicken. Uh, have a great weekend, everybody. Uh, enjoy this one. We'll talk to you next week. See you on Monday. See ya. Yes, sir.